Episode 32, fans. This is the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Got three of the five co-hosts in the house tonight. We're watching Raw as we record this, so we may act up from time to time if we need to react to something. But I'm joined uh, by Dr. M. How are you doing, good doctor? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing okay, man. Uh, good weather here in the Midwest. Not too hot. You can appreciate that, I'm sure. Yeah, we're actually getting some storms out here right now, so uh, a little jealous. We had some this morning, and that's what it cooled it off, but it also made it humid. So I think we sent our storms your way. Um, and out on the East Coast, fresh off an appearance on another podcast, we have two chains. Why don't you plug the show that you recorded tonight on an, um, a film podcast, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I just did um, a podcast on the review and reactions for the Fantastic Four movie that just released with uh, my buddy Chris and his podcast crew, the Three Black Geeks. They do uh, wrestling, they do um, movies, and mostly just comic book related stuff. So, awesome. Went and made an appearance there. It was pretty cool. And what, what's the name of the podcast again, and when does it drop? The Three Black Geeks and... Um, I'm not sure what else he has lined up. I, I tweeted him, or well, I texted him right after us, and I was like, you know, just let me know whenever you, whenever you do. But for sure, whenever you do, I'll, I'll post it up. Yeah. I want to hear how terrible that movie was. <laughs> I, I heard bad things, and the box office kind of speaks for itself there, doesn't it? $26 million. What was the bu- Do you know what the budget was on it? Like, how much money are they going to lose? Um, I heard they're going to lose about... Um, I heard they're going to lose about, don't let me quote wrong, but they're going to lose from the studio itself, they're going to lose like 60, I think. Something ridiculous. Wow. Wow. Ah, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I think it that. Bad. It's, just, it's bad. That franchise. It's so bad. They're, they've been giving out um, polls at California locations, some Maryland locations, and um, I think Chicago, ironically about um what should they do with the franchise now and it's hasn't even been out for a week wow yeah well i guess time will tell on that one and and this is not under the disney marvel banner right this is under is it sony or fox 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 owns this title still yeah so in other words what happens is if fox they have a con they have a um agreement with fox i mean i'm sorry with marvel and disney basically stating that if they don't produce a project Every five years, then they're going to have to get the rights back to um, Marvel. But that the conversation pretty much was around like, hey, if you're not making money off this property, you might as well let it go because if you're taking a back hit from it, you're not. It's not doing you no good. So yeah, and it, you know, as the big comic book fan I am, who wouldn't want to see Fantastic Four next to the Avengers? I mean, makes sense. Makes all the sense in the world. We'll see what happens. I guess. Um, hey. Yeah, I train. I, I kind of progressing naturally from that into wrestling. Um, I wanted to lead off with something that I was also um, discontent with, much like people were with the Fantastic Four movie this weekend. The divas, uh, some of the new divas in this divas revolution in WWE, be kind of a little bit lackluster. Might be, might not be the the greatest term for it, but. There were rumors coming off of SmackDown last week that the ending of the Divas match, it involved um, Naomi and, help me out, Dr. M, who was involved in that finish that kind of got by? Charlotte. Naomi and Charlotte. Was that what it was? Yeah, they had a one-on-one match, and um, it it wasn't, first of all, the match was supposed to be two segments, two full segments, and it wasn't, and uh, allegedly Naomi took it in her hands to uh, create a finish of her own by doing a roll-up pin reversal from Charlotte's roll-up pin, which led to a three-count um, Naomi. And, and if you look at it, everybody looks pretty much out of place. Like, Sasha Banks is looking like, hey, am I supposed to be cheering? Uh, Tamia was right on board. She was she was right on the pop once the pin happened. And Charlotte looked up like, wait a minute, like, this is this happening? And Naomi, like, immediately gets up and has his face like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> and, and who's going to check me? So, um, and up, and from from a, just a viewer uh, standpoint, without, you know, reading any rumors or anything, I like I liked the spot. 
how Naomi sold it because it's just like, hey, you know, I won this match. I didn't think I had it. But <laughs> other than that, it's just like, whoa, like, really, what just happened? Because you can tell it was not supposed to end. It just felt awkward. Seeing it her was awkward. Like, hey, I won. Everybody's like, wait, did the match really end? <laughs> And it's too bad because I, from what I, because I've been watching SmackDown more consistently, and from what I remember, I, I dug that match. They gave him like, what they give him, Doctor? I'm like three segments on that show. Uh, something like that. Yeah, it was at least two. Yeah, they gave him a good chunk of time, and um, I guess it's not so much like the finish. Like maybe the finish was awkward, but you know, I remember the match being good. But the fact that the word got out, you know, this rumor of. I don't want to say incompetence, but you know, the mat, the the finish being kind of botched or whatever. Combine that with the fact that I I think two out of these three NXT divas that have debuted recently they, they were they looked really bad tonight on Raw. They had a bad showing. Um, watching right before we came on the air here, they I, I know you probably didn't get a chance to see this too, James, because you were recording on the other podcast. But basically, they had um, Paige. Charlotte and Becky Lynch on guest commentary during um, a six diva tag with the other six divas in this angle. And um, first of all, you know that they changed the name of the team to PCB, right? Yeah, I kind of tweeted that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know the whole story with this, right? Yeah, it's um, the original name, the Submission Sorority, was kind of a throwback to, um, let's just say it's just some inappropriate content online. You can. Yeah. You can look more into it, fans, if you if you want to see how WWE's uh, marketing department clearly didn't do their diligence there. So now they're well, re- renaming them on the fly, PCB, Paige, Charlotte, Becky. Very um, creative, I guess. And, and apparently um, PCB is also a bit of a tricky name, because as I was reading a little bit earlier today, because uh, apparently it refers to some... Oh, I forget what, what country, but some less than honorable organization in some Far East countries. So wow. WWE just can't win. No, and wow, that's unfortunate. They, why don't you, they just call them ISIS or something? That would really be great, right? Oh, wow, yeah. Who knows at this point? But anyways, on, on commentary tonight, you know how Michael Cole does where like he's got guest superstars out there on commentary and he'll try and like say his piece to work – you know, plug whatever angle is going on, and then I'll throw it to them to kind of get their get their character on the air and to kind of interject that into the storyline. Like, you know, for example, the complete opposite of tonight is how great the primetime players have been on guest commentary. I they were not on commentary during the tag match tonight, and I missed them. Especially Titus, love Titus mm-hmm. on commentary. I think that's a good career choice for him when he decides to put the boots up someday. But he was um, Paige was definitely getting in there and shining, but then. Cole kept trying to throw it to Becky and Charlotte, and they just, you could tell they weren't comfortable. They barely said anything. And then they went to a commercial break. When they came back, the um, they kind of got more involved. I think they maybe got got coached or told what for during the break, but it was just not a good showing. I don't know if to me, like, I don't think the ring works that bad, but, like, character-wise, I think the one that's shining is Sasha. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think it just goes to show just how much is involved in being a superstar, a diva. Because, I mean, Becky and Charlotte. I mean, I think their ring is quite good, um, and they're obviously wonderful wrestlers. But um, it, as Aaron, as Aaron, you pointed out, it's clear they are uncomfortable on on commentary and. That, that part of their characters just hasn't been developed yet, whereas Sasha seems to be sort of the full package, um, like a lot of other superstars. And so I think in many ways this just goes to show that how much goes into developing a character and how some people might be brought up to the main roster because they're, they're great wrestlers and they have a great look to them, but they still need to develop in some other areas. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, anything you want to chime in on too, James? I was gonna pretty much say that um, you know, basically the pat off what the doctor said is um even not to go mainstream against you know, the um against the, the main commentary crew, but there's really no chemistry vocally between the the stables that they're put in place. Like everybody just seems to just like, Hey, you're here, 
you're here to work. Okay, let me show you how to work. But and, and cool. But no, no, no chemistry is being built to say like, how are we gonna make this special? Um, I've been nitpicking at a lot of like, the, the you know, basically saying who's the better of the three stables, and like it's small things all of them do wrong, from bad spots. Bad, bad tag team spots, bad cheering spots when somebody's, you know, doing the solo matches to ring interests. Like, um, bad when they come out, you know how they all put their hands in, like, the Power Rangers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have, have you ever noticed how they never have got it in place? Like, the easiest, simplest thing is putting your hands in, one, two, three, break apart. <laughs> yeah. It's always, like, way first. To me, it's just like, okay, um... I hope nobody caught me doing it. And then, you know, Sasha just has her own rhythm. Like, it's it's small stuff like that. I feel like, like, like Dr. said, you, you bring them up because you know they got the talent, but they have to be able to, like, evolve and adapt. And that, I feel like it's being exposed right now. It really is, man. And, like, there's definitely... You know, Sasha's only been on the main roster for, like, what, three, four weeks, and she's already clearly connecting with the crowd because they were chanting Sasha Banks tonight during the match, and we want Sasha when Naomi was in the ring. The Naomi character is not as established as it could be. Tamina's just kind of there as, like, the heavy, you know, kind of like the the diesel to Naomi's Shawn Michaels, if you will. Then you look at Team Bella – you know, I completely agree with what you're saying, how some of the teams are just not clicking. Like, an example tonight, Brie Bella's in the match doing the Daniel Bryan yes kick spot. It's like, aren't you guys supposed to be heels? Why are you doing something that's going to get a babyface yes reaction? It makes absolutely <laughs> no sense to me. Um, well, that's been so muddled lately because it seems like the last couple of weeks, you know, fans have been cheering team bella so i i'm not even sure anymore are they supposed to be heels have they been turned face now they've been so inconsistent since mania i couldn't even tell you man did i question that like last week like you did yeah Yeah, i think you did i think i gave up too like i got to a point where it's like you know who cares be whatever you like, whatever you guys want to be in your own right, just make sure y'all have chemistry together, please. And, and put on a decent match. And um, yes. I, I want to project a little bit on the Divas here on two levels. First, just looking at SummerSlam, it's weird that Stephanie comes out and establishes these teams. You know, not really any storyline since they're just, you guys belong together and you guys are together and fight each other. Revolution. It's like... Yeah, but I need something to get behind. Like maybe let's book a match with some stakes involved. I don't. What do you guys do? You, I don't know if I'm interested in the nine diva tag anymore because we've seen so many different iterations on Raw and SmackDown of it. Like, where do you guys think they're headed with it for SummerSlam? Let's start with you two, James. Um, obviously, they do it, and then that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all roads are leading to it, and then that's it. Then you start working on storyline because I guess in a real respectable creative view, you want to say like, oh, well, this time we're not going to put too much storyline on your back because we want y'all to develop. So go out, try to have fun, mingle with your teams, you know, you know, try to figure out where you stand at with the crowd and work on your on your, on your craft. So we're not going to put so much of a storyline to it. That's why we're going to do a three-way um, tag team title, a tag team match, I'm sorry, with no stakes involved. We're going to scrap anything that's working towards um, the Divas Championship. But whoever decides to prevail or shines out of this, maybe we start pushing you towards the storyline. So maybe it is just like a formal test to say, hey, get here, do what you got to do, in the story. So like I said, do the match and then start from scrap A again. I guess. It just kind of feels like a waste a little bit, you know, if, the, if that's the way they go. Because just kind of like, okay, this team I don't really care about won against two other teams I don't really care about. You know, so what? what, what? I mean, because Amron, think about it. After this is done and, and Sasha Banks decides to leave Team Bad, if that you know that just happens, you're going to say the same thing. You're going to say, well, there was no point in her being in a stable. Well, when you look at her, does she belong in a stable? Matter of fact. How she entered that stable? Should she have have even entered that way? Being the fact that she's the boss, that's, you're the boss. Yeah, why don't I feel like it? <laughs> that's that's a, a tremendous point, uh, Doctor M. You have anything you wanted to add on top of that? No, 
I, I completely agree with two chains. I think we do see the nine diva tag at, at SummerSlam, and in many ways, I I think that's the right move. Um, in part because you know there's been some rumors going around that uh, that maybe the first championship match would be Charlotte and Nikki Bella, but there's really not enough time to develop that at this point. Yeah. No. I agree that in some sense you need a few weeks because you brought all these divas up here at the same time. So you need a few weeks so that we can see everybody in the ring have all these different sort of variations of tag matches and singles matches. And it's, I think it's the right move to have a nine diva match at SummerSlam, even though it's going to be tricky having all those divas working at the same time. But I think it has to happen to get out of the way. And Pretty sure after this is usually what night of champions, right? Yep. And and so it seems like that would be a logical progression. Let's do the nine diva tag. You know, hopefully every diva in the match gets a chance to shine a little bit, and then after that, starting that next Monday on Raw, start building a divas title feud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and a you know a, a logical a logical uh, turn to this story could be. Out of what stable do one person decides that she's better than her stable, or actually turns or walks out on her team? Well, and that, I think that's the way they kind of get more juice out of it moving forward. Is you you clearly establish, like you said, kind of whoever maybe gets the pinfall or the submission in that match is the one that maybe goes after the title, and then maybe you do have some fracturing of the teams that leads to other feuds. So where we can maybe have, you know, two or God forbid three different things going on in the Divas division instead of just the title. So yeah. I guess I'll take a wait-and-see approach. I just um, I was really disappointed, I guess, in Charlotte and Becky Lynch tonight. They were given the opportunity to shine and grab that brass ring like Vince likes to talk about, and they just didn't. And it was really disappointing. You get to the big time, and you just don't, you don't put yourself out there like that. But um, the other question I had, and this is really spitballing, and I – I do this more on the theme of this being our 32nd episode. What do you guys see as being the marquee diva match if you had to predict now for WrestleMania? I, I got a better question to, to that. What's up? Right now, right now, who do you even see as just the strongest diva? Probably Nikki still. If I had to, I don't think Sasha's quite theirs in terms of being a staff. I would say Nikki, and I would. She's very prominent in the WrestleMania um, ads on the sides of their trucks that I saw online. They got her right next to The Rock on one of them. I mean, when you say strong, it's not necessarily uh, who the WWE is promoting is strongest, but overall, who do you think is is you know the strongest demon? Who has it right now? Who who is the best? I guess pound for pound diva right now. Oh, Sasha, no question. Who do you think, Doctor? I would probably say Sasha too, with Charlotte being a very close second. That would be my guess as well too. Um. So yes, back back to your question then. So do you think that that Sasha Banks versus Charlotte is the go-to match for WrestleMania? I think. It would be really difficult for me not to see Paige and Nikki Bella involved. Like maybe you maybe you do a four way type of thing or something like that. But I think you have to have Paige in there, even just for total divas purposes. Um, part of me wants to just see Sasha versus Paige one on one for the title. That could be interesting too. I definitely think there should be because. I don't know, as a fan, I, I'm so tired of seeing whether it's a 20-something diva battle royal yeah. or some sort of yeah. multi-woman match. I'm just tired of seeing that. Um, I very much miss the days of, like, of course, that iconic, you know, Trish and Mickey match at WrestleMania 22. I was there for that one. Or even going back further to those great triple threat matches with Trish, Jazz, Victoria, then, you know, Trish, Lita, and I forget who the third person was in their match. It was Jazz. Uh, it was Jazz. Oh, was it Jazz? Yeah, again? it was WrestleMania yeah. 18. So I would be I would be fine with a, a solid, well-worked triple threat match. But ultimately, I agree that at WrestleMania next year, Sasha Banks should and probably will be at least one of the participants in that match because she has it. Like, no one can deny that she doesn't have it. 
and I, I agree with the whole thing behind Paige. I would be shocked if Nikki Bella is involved because, yeah, she's held a, the championship for a while, but she's been stale to me for quite some time, and I, I can't imagine her carrying that momentum into WrestleMania next year, but maybe she will. Yeah, I think we're, we might definitely see a dip-off, you know, because I would imagine they're going to have her drop the title at some point this fall, maybe at a Survivor Series. It'd be kind of a year since she won it type of thing. I guess we'll kind of wait and see. I, I'm definitely not trying to hate on the Divas Revolution thing too much, but I just think that there there needs to be something added to it. So another accoutrement here. Maybe finally announce that tag match and start hyping it up for SummerSlam. Speaking of um, of SummerSlam weekend, we have the NXT uh, TakeOver Brooklyn special coming up. So far, what I'm seeing online, we have four matches announced. I think there's others that have been rumored, but um, I'm still not feeling Balor versus Owens. Like, I'm not super hyped for it. You know, like, the Japan thing was kind of different and special, but even with it being a ladder match, are you guys are you guys marking out for that? Seems like Owens is busy on Raw, you know, with bigger and better things. Sure. Yeah, I'm excited for the match. I mean, in ter- um, maybe maybe let me rephrase my question. Like, the match is going to be excellent, but are you excited about the feud? Are you connecting with it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. I don't know which one of his feuds to take more serious. So at this point, it just negates each other. So yeah. just like us, Cesaro, him, that's pretty cool. Him and Finn Balor, oh, that's pretty cool too. So which one is he like the ultimate heel? Uh, can't really tell because like no matter how bad they want to divide the shows into two, being two different shows. Oh, by the way, what's happening on Raw is pretty cool. Dave Bryan giving right back the belt. Really hard to tell. Like Seth Rollins is the main heel, and you know he's only gonna. He's only going to, to divide his attention to the top guy, the top face. And with Kevin Owens supposed to be maybe arguably the second biggest hero, it's just like, all right, him versus Zara, yes, that makes sense. I like that. But then you're like, but why is he still considered like the top guy in NXT? He's supposed to be beyond that. You know, yeah. it's just like you can't be LeBron James on the Cavaliers and be LeBron James on a AAA basketball team. Like, you, you can't be the best in the world. You can't be the best at both days. It just doesn't make sense. Like, if LeBron was on Triple A, well, let's, let's scrap that. It's just like on baseball, when when uh, players come back from Tommy John, you're like, oh, blah, 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 pitched that Triple A, and he, and he uh, gave, dished out 10Ks. It's just like, so? <laughs> like, you're supposed, to be, you're supposed to be good, so I don't really care. So it's just like, whatever. Yeah, it's it's really um the one thing I think that could save it in terms of storyline purposes is if they had Hideo Itami kind of uh turn heel on Finn Balor and kind of make his comeback towards the title. Yes, sir. I agree. Um I think he could be a far more effective heel than a babyface just based on the way that his babyface run kind of floundered before his injury, but besides that on the card, I think the the only match I'm really connecting with on a storyline level is the whole Bailey saga as she's kind of making her quest for the title. She beat Charlotte last week. She has a number one contendership match this week. Spoiler alert, it's already been spoiled all over the internet, including by WWE, but it is going to be Bailey taking on <laughs> Sasha Banks for that NXT women's title. Our resident Divas expert, Dr. M, like, I'm loving this thing, the storyline they're doing with Bailey, and I would assume this is the way they get the strap off of. Sasha Banks, correct? Yeah, it seems like that's the direction they're heading in. Um, ultimately, I think one of the, the good things about NXT is that while some of the, the feuds have very strong storylines attached to them, others, like Owens and Finn Balor, don't. But at the end of the day, you know NXT TakeOver is going to be excellent. Um, and so I think that's why, to some extent, even though there's no great build it seems between Owens and Balor um 
I'm still excited for the match, and in part because I know it's going to be great. And it, there's a nice sort of contrast with Bailey's rise to the NXT women's title. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and speaking of that, I continue to be confused by why the NXT title is the women's title, which I think is right. But when you get to the main roster, it's the Divas title. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it's... something that has uh, confused me for a while, and I try to not think about it, but it, it just bothers me. I think Never it, thought about that. I think maybe it's just their way of differentiating, you know, the main roster. Those are the Divas. Those are the big stars. NXT, you're not a Diva yet, not till you get to the big show. Maybe <laughs> it's like a minor league versus major league type of thing. Can I ask a, can I ask another weird question about this show? Why are I'm looking at the matches that are booked for the show? Why are Enzo and Cass not going for the tag titles here? Can anybody explain that to me? They're like over like Rover, and now we have the Vaud villains who have the word villain in the name of the team as the baby faces going against Blake and Murphy. Okay, so. Um I think it's probably because of the fact that there definitely have been rumored to be coming up to the main roster, so why? But even logically, it just doesn't make sense. So I, that's that's my that's my sympathy for that. I'd be shocked if they didn't still make some kind of appearance at Takeover, though. They may not be in an advertised match right now, but being that they're both from New York, like you have to have them on that show. Oh yeah, the here. I mean that they announced today that that place is sold out. 13,000 plus like I would love to hear 13,000 plus do the whole you know new age outlaws type of gimmick spiel that they have I think that would be tremendous and I I do hope we see them I mean they they hinted on NXT last week that um because Blake and Murphy have Alexa Bliss in their corner to kind of turn the odds in their favor that the vaudevillains might be getting a new um bringing a new NXT diva to the roster to kind of be on their team to even things up so It'll be interesting to see. There's some rumors of who that might be. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm totally stoked that we're going to see Liger in a WWE ring. I know he's he worked WCW quite a bit back in the day. But uh, this is, this is going to be fun. It's definitely kind of a big middle finger to ROH and their association with New Japan. Um, but I think it's going to be great. Good for Tyler Breeze to, get, to be able to work a legend like that. I think that's awesome for him. No complaints there. Um, I, have a, I have a funny comment before we end tonight, okay? You want to do it right now or you want to save it for the end? Oh, whenever you're ready. It's, still, it's diva related, too. Oh, go ahead, man. So I was watching um, the WWE Network for my infamous 999s that I spend every month. And I came across something that I totally forgot about. Y'all remember Jeff Jarrett and his funny... Uh, this This... This funny character, he's he was like <laughs> this funny character that they had him doing for a while, where he didn't like women. I don't no, remember when that. This? When was that? You don't remember like <clears throat> he had this view against China. So oh yeah, I remember that. Right, but instead, with that being said, he felt like all women was inferior, so he didn't like none of them. So <laughs> he always used to try to take cheap shots at every woman. So like one day, uh, one match, uh, Tess won. <coughs> excuse me, Tess wanted a match with uh, Jeff Jarrett, and Jeff Jarrett was like, "Sure, you'll get your match, but the only way you're going to get your match is if you do a missed tag with you and Stephanie McMahon versus me and Deborah." So he never got to Stephanie McMahon, but he ended up taking it out on Deborah, put her in the figure four afterwards. Afterwards, he put I forget who else was with them. He put her in the figure four. Finds China in the back, tries to beat her up. I'm just like, they're really booking him to be like a a, a woman, sir. <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny that to see the dynamics that how WWE changed over the years. Good old attitude era. I tell you, for a while, I tell you for a while, as bad as the Demons Division, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Jarrett wouldn't want to take that role again. Um, <laughs> I'm sure for the right price he would. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> um. The other big thing for this show, which I think is going to be exciting, you know, I, I don't follow indie wrestling the closest, but I definitely know the name Uha Nation, or Uha Nation, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but 
Mm-hmm. Um, Uha Nation is going to be debuting on this show. They just had the promo on NXT last week. They gave him the name Apollo Cruz, spelled C R E W S, like Terry Cruz. Oh, they just announced the tag match oh, I was just for about the to Divas. Say, is, is this new? They just announced. They it. just announced it on Raw as we're recording right now. Elimination match, three team. Okay. Oh, wait. So okay. So while we're at this right now, what does elimination three way tag team match means? I need to know the rules because I don't want to be confused again. I didn't see the word elimination in there, so I think it might be just a a triple threat nine diva tag. Uh, so first first fall win. I think it's first fall wins. I think you know they get everyone a tag and get a chance to shine. And then I think you just start having a spot fest till somebody wins. That's typically okay. how those things go down. So, okay, well, WWE must have been listening to us, even though we haven't even posted this yet as of this recording. Um, <laughs> I uh, Did you guys happen to see the promo for Apollo Crews, the last promo they did on NXT? Or did you catch it on Twitter? I know they posted on Twitter. I did, yeah. yeah. Twitter, yeah. Is he a face or a heel? I think he's a baby face, but I just wanted to check. He's a face. Uh, you, you, when you start making comparisons, anything to Terry Crews, you're definitely a face. I, I kind of want him to eventually turn heel. I think he would be a great... I think he will. Okay. I think he... Uh, there's some... I, I kind of got the impression there's a hint of some heel-like tendencies in him, but he's going to probably play the face role for a while. Yeah, he was a little brash, but wouldn't he be a great foil to um, Finn Balor at a certain point? I think so. Um, what are you cooking, 2 chains? Oh, my bad. No. <laughs> I just want to make sure. What are you cooking? You're having dinner because you were recording a lot tonight. Yeah, making fish, tilapia. Ooh, that's what we oh, we had yes. tilapia tonight too, man. Yeah. Good man, getting your fish on. Hashtag healthy living. Hashtag. <laughs> Speaking of uh, a food, man, I was, um, I've been talking with my wife. We're getting very excited for our trip to Dallas, Arlington, Fort Worth area for Mania next year. And we decided um, three meals must be had. We want to do a, a, a traditional Texas steak dinner. Oh, yeah. Definitely want to do Tex-Mex, you know, having traditional Tex-Mex since we're in Texas. And I want to yep. do, do barbecue one day. Is there, any, is there anything, anything I'm missing that we need to make sure we get our eat on for when we're in Texas? Don't they have, like, some insane burger with a donut or something on it as well? I've seen that at a bunch of ballpark, like, Food Network type shows where they go to the ballpark where, like, the bun is the burger or the donut is the bun on the burger. But um, I'm I'm sure you could find that down there if we worked hard enough to find it. Is there anything um, anything else I'm missing, though, food-wise? I know, um, Dr. M, you've been through Texas a little bit. Is there anything we're missing? No, I think you got your, your bases covered. <laughs> the, the three food uh, groups. I'm going to leave the the burger and donuts to two chains. I don't know if my heart can take that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I guess shout out to our fans. If any of you are from the Dallas or the Texas area and you know of some good joints that we can eat at, we're staying in Arlington, but we'll also be visiting Fort Worth on Friday of Mania weekend during the day, and we'll be in Dallas for um, – NXT and Ring of Honor Friday night and Saturday. So if you uh, you know any good places, you know let Big Gold Belt know. We want to make sure we get our eat on the right way. Um, let's transition out of NXT to the SummerSlam card since we've already kind of hinted around at it a little bit. I just want to take the pulse for you guys on where you're at with the SummerSlam card and if you're excited about it. I was two chains. I was talking to Doctor M before you came on before we started recording. And uh, I'm sorry, I have to say this right now. I'm tired of Lana getting beat down so much. This is this is not cool. Where's Dolph at? Yeah. Not cool. What is Summer Ray wearing? I don't know, but I'm not complaining. Lazare? <laughs> oh, I love that she's doing Russo's move. Oh, she's doing the accolade. That's awesome. You get it? Lingerie? Nobody got that? With a summary. Oh, play hashtag play on words. No, but um, I was talking to Doctor M before um, we came on the air tonight to James, and we were. I was saying I was noticing in the network era, if you take away kind of the big four pay per views. <laughs> hey, hey, y'all see this? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> what we're oh my goshing about fans is they got Rusev's 
face and profile on the Bulgarian flag right behind them. That, that's incredible. Well, now you have to do a Dolph Ziggler one on the American flag, right? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, we can't put Hulk Hogan on it. <laughs> Too oh. soon. <laughs> You know what? You know what? Speaking of this, Dolph Ziggler might not be safe to make an appearance today since he got his Twitter hat. I know y'all seen that. I did. Hear I about heard about it. it. Was it? Was it? I didn't see what was put on it. Is it really bad? Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, all I'm gonna say is he paid homage to Hulk Hogan. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> well, I'll check that out after we're done recording. I only saw the the headline that it got hacked, but like I didn't pay much mind to it. But then my friend. My friend Brian, who's a listener of our podcast, is like, did you see Dolph's Instagram and Twitter? And I was like, not yet. So I'll have to check that out when we're done recording. But um, it sounds like it yeah. sounds like it's not family-friendly enough to talk about on the podcast. Not at all. Ooh, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, shout out to Dolph. He's supposed to be coming back next week after he films his movie <laughs> up in Vancouver. Um, yeah, but but, but some are saying, well, going back, so in the network era, if you take away the big four pay-per-views, what, what I've noticed is like each show – gets by on one or two big matches and the rest of them you don't necessarily connect to they might be well-worked matches you know the wrestling quality is definitely at a high right now in my opinion in wwe but i guess i'm wondering how many matches on the card right now do you care legit about um and this doesn't necessarily have to be a match that's booked yet but just a few leading into SummerSlam. like let's just go down the line here are you guys excited for taker lesnar I am not for the match itself, maybe for the storyline. I'm with you. I'm I'm more into what the finish is going to look like because I think this is going to be our first taste of what WrestleMania is going to have in store for us in terms, especially in terms of what Taker is going to be doing on that show. The yeah. match itself, I don't think is going to be that good because you know concussion put aside the Mania match that we were at in New Orleans that kind of stunk. I think that match can be good if. They, it's more of a brawling match like they had on Raw. and Because at, at Mania 30, I mean, that was a traditional taker match that we've seen for years and years. But if this match is more of a brawl, like we saw a couple weeks ago, then I think it'll be good. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? I think he just might have panned out the finish. It becomes an all-out brawl, and they both just get counted out. That could be interesting. I'm not sure I'd want to see him go again, though. This is my only critique yeah. on that but um i definitely you know if you look back at the matches that they had what was that what would that have been 2002 when they had their matches when brock was still really new mm-hmm. they had the, the biker chain match they had the cell match and there was one other match um they were all very much in the style of brawling and they they were really great i went back and watched all three of those matches before we went to new orleans um last year and they're all great so so i guess we can say that we're kind of um we're not super – yeah, we're, it's kind of a push. Um, I don't even really know what the, the Seth Rollins match is going to look like. You know, we're in the middle of Raw right now, so by the time fans listen to this podcast, maybe we'll have a better idea of where they're going with Rollins. But if it's just Rollins, Cena, title for title, as has been suggested, are you guys excited about that? Absolutely not. Why? <laughs> yeah, t- times two. Why? Because um, – it's definitely going to not be a clean. It won't even be a finish. They're not going to let either one of them drop the belt. You don't think so? Because I think they would put the belts on Cena. I don't think they'd think twice about it. I think that's one of the main reasons I'm not looking forward to it because I, I have the fear that they are going to put the belts on Cena. Um, and I mean, there are some people who are speculating that that would be the prime time for Sheamus to cash in. Uh, which I would also not be all that thrilled about. So I think they made a huge mistake putting money in the bank on him. It's just so flat oh, yeah, right absolutely. now. But um, so I just it, it just doesn't feel like there's a this feels like a no win situation in a lot of ways. This match, uh, particularly for Rollins, I don't see how he comes out good at all in this situation. I mean, unless unless they put him over clean or at least put him over, but like he's talked so much trash on Cena that the. Uh, logic suggests that the baby face is gonna make him have his comeuppance and it's you know what this feels like do you remember the feud they did for some or for survivor series it would have been like in the late 2000s jericho had the world title you know and um cena was uh out with injury and, and they announced that cena was coming back and was facing him for the title in his comeback match and jericho trashed on him week after week and then cena won the title 
and it was just yeah. it kind of feels like that again and I'm I'm secretly and you know I don't know what's going to happen on the end of Raw we're still rec- watching it but it would be far more interesting to me at this point because Randy Orton won the title shot to put Randy Orton over and have him take the title and at least put that element into it like I'd be at least a little more intrigued that you know than just having Cena Rollins but maybe I'm overthinking it I don't know yeah it would have been far more interesting to see Cesaro get put in that spot, but we're going to put Randy Orton in again. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. You make you make great points, that's for sure. Uh, historically. Yeah. Real. But um, I, I don't know. I just think that if they... if they, It's, it's, it's going to be the question, so now what for Rollins? Like, you had him escape and cheat his way pretty much out of these matches, and the only way seen is... It's going to be a clean finish, obviously. And that's going to really hurt Rollins. But I, I kind of like the theory of what the doctor said about uh, Seamus being able to come in. But yeah. like I said, I, I think it's to be a DQ of nobody. It just, it just, nothing, actually, Seth Rollins in any match right now just does not make sense. It, there's not a lot of people for him to work with, and it's just, it's lame. And the other thing I think about. You know, I agree. Maybe you could do a schmoz finish on it, but here's the thing: we had a schmoz finish with the ladder match with Ambrose. We had a schmoz a schmoz finish with Lesnar at the last pay per view. Like, I think fans are going to kind of revolt against it a little bit if we don't get some clean finishes coming. And I'm I'm worried we're not going to get a clean finish on that Taker match either. To be completely honest, because I don't know how you have either of those guys go over and everybody come out better in that that match too. I think they booked themselves into a very unfortunate corner and two of their big matches at SummerSlam. You know, you know, to be to be uh quite honest, the fans are kind of accepting of Rollins winning like that because everybody's like, well that makes what Rollins who he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I think if there I think if there is sort of a clean finish it would especially if WWE does decide to put the belts on Cena that does, I think, allow some room for Rollins and Triple H because we could even see at the beginning of tonight's show that there was a little bit of friction when Triple H made that uh, triple threat match earlier. So it seems like WWE is starting to kind of drop some hints that that feud is coming up sooner rather than later. And maybe it's a case at SummerSlam where like he tries to get out on like a DQ against Cena and then... Um... Triple H comes out and restarts the match. Is like, no, man, like that's not how you're going to build your legacy. And then he loses, and then you have Seth revolt against the Authority. But like the way they're booking it, almost seems like the Authority is going to be the babyface there. So like, right. And I don't. I think it's far more interesting to have Rollins come out as a babyface. But I don't know how you you do that because if they're going to put Triple H against the Rock, like we keep hearing the rumors of, you got to keep Triple H heel. And I think they would align him with Sheamus then. Oh, that now I might be able to get behind that. That's interesting. What about the fact of this whole Roman Reigns and Ambrose turn? Is that just going to end up being a one-on-one, or will there ultimately be some type of real alliance with Seth Rollins? You know what? I I hope that they can link that up to Seth down the line. I definitely would like to see roman and dean feud i i could see either of them turning on i i think it would make more sense to have dean turn on him although i'd love for roman to be healed but yeah i i think there's a way to connect that down the line and maybe that's what they're doing maybe they're saving that for you know a, a survivor series or um god forbid wrestlemania but honestly man like i think that they squandered an opportunity here i think the biggest match they could have done would be to have roman versus cena but you can tell they're cl- like you said on I think on the previous podcast too, James. They're clearly keeping Cena and Roman away from each other, probably because that's what they're going to want to do at Mania for the title. Yeah, and Roman versus Cena in New York, the fans would eat that alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, if they do it at Mania, I'm going to eat it alive there too. Um, we'll have to come up with some creative chance if that's really what happens, but <sighs> I don't know. Part of me like gets the point of saving it for a bigger stage, but like that if that match is gonna be hot now, why not just do it now? And then see what comes of it. You might make more guys in time for mania. That's just my 
I don't like that they're kind of. I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, I just think. (laughs) All right, guys. Here's Stardust. Not to interrupt. Here's Stardust. I'm about to say, about time to pay attention. I love Stardust. His promos (laughs) um, have been the best thing about Raw lately. Him and him and Titus O'Neil, absolutely. Um, <laughs> He's staring at Arrow right now. <laughs> um, um, Neville needs to thank Cody Rhodes for his, the evolution of his character. Oh, right now. completely yeah, agree. He does, yeah. Oh, this is so good. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, wow. whoa. I think okay. I'm like five seconds behind. Oh, he jumped the guardrail. Hops the rope, tackles him. I need them wrestlers. Split them apart. Get them apart. You know what? I don't even watch Arrow, and I don't know who this guy is, but I'm still into this. This is great. Oh, Arrow's great. What channel is Arrow? Is it on CW? CW, and they... They're, they're gonna. It's gonna be coming back for us soon. Oh, get! I hope Wade Barrett has nothing to do with this. Please, for the sake of, oh, we're gonna make this a tag. No, make this a tag team match. Get Barrett away I, from it. I said that they might go with Tampa. Who would have been the other person behind Cody? And it's not. Not. Oh, Wade Barrett is. Yeah, Wade doesn't belong in this. Mm, okay, well, gosh. we have thirty minutes till the WWE uh, app. Announces it. See, Wade Bear is not even a character. And it's like, why? What do him and Stardust have in common? That the fact that they were both involved in this random match. On this is what I'm talking about. So, so who would you put in this match as as the fourth person? Bo Dallas. Yeah. Bo Dallas. He can say that. You know, Stardust, Bo Lee. Like you could easily link that up, and it would only take a week. Where is Bo? I want more Bo Dallas. Is there anybody else? What about? Oh man, what about this? Would be a good appearance with a Demon Kane. Kane's gonna come back after SummerSlam, I guess, because he's also filming the movie with Dolph. That's what I read today. All right. Well, just going trucking real quick through the rest of SummerSlam. Are there any other matches? I and mean, we could talk about the Stardust one real quick if you want. Like, are there any other matches that you are legitimately excited for? Not that the matches won't be entertaining, but one that you've connected with on a storyline level. Well, I think if they uh, confirm Cesaro and Owens, I would definitely be excited for that. Agreed. Agreed. Any? Although it'll be it'll be interesting though. Um, I, I would feel for Kevin Owens though to have to do a ladder match with Finn Balor on Saturday night and then have to fight Cesaro 24 hours later. No, no. The only problem with this is I feel bad for him to have to do that and then say you're only a mid-carder. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Are there any other matches that you guys are pumped for? Like, I'm like mild on the Divas match. I'm mild on the four-way tag they announced tonight. I'd rather it just be New Day and the primetime players because – Xavier Woods is the best thing going right now in the tag division. He was hilarious tonight. He was like yelling and yelling, and he's like, I'm out of breath. I don't even care, but I'm out of breath. It's just so good. <laughs> and then Big E doing his little dance thing in the ring. My, that was really disturbing. My wife was watching. She's like, his legs are so big. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, like, any other mech, it seems like we're kind of mild on everything except for Owen Cesaro. Like, I'm intrigued by the two big main events, but... And Stardust, I'm, I'm excited for, but... Is that enough for a four-hour show? I would imagine they're going to bring more matches in. But, what but, those matches will be, I don't know. Well, that's a, I don't doubt that they're going to bring more stuff in, but my point is, am I excited enough, about enough, to be able to get through a four-hour show? I'm excited about enough. Like on Mania this year, for example, I was excited for Lesnar and Roman. I was excited for Sting Triple H. I was excited for Undertaker's return against Bray Wyatt. I was excited for Cena Rusev because I thought up to that point that feud had been done well. I was excited for the ladder match. Um, a couple other matches, you know, I was okay on. But like I was excited for quite a bit on that show. I can't really say the same for this one. And they're the same length of time. That's my... My concern. Yeah, I mean, I think WWE seems to, and maybe not just WWE, but a lot of wrestling companies seem to have the philosophy that you don't, you only need like 
two, three possible like very strong matches to to build a show, and uh, that seems to be where they're going here. Um, I don't know. I, at the end of the day, I, I'm certainly not as excited for SummerSlam. I wasn't excited for Mania 31 this year. I mean, remember all the low expectations people had for that? And it ended up being quite a good show. So Yeah, uh, that's I true. I would be shocked if SummerSlam you know, exceeded any expectations we might have. I guess that's true. I, maybe I'm just being pessimistic today. What do you think, too, James? Are you, are you getting excited for SummerSlam? Because we're less than two weeks away. Yeah, I'm just more or less ready to record afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not really excited. You know, I have other excitements on Sundays I'm looking forward to. Like, doing my first fantasy football draft. I'm excited about that. SummerSlams, eh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I drafted about a week ago. Um, just, just as kind of a heads up to the people in my league, you're all toast because I got Rodgers in the first round. And then I stole Brady in the seventh round. Like I'm gonna, what? I'm yeah. No one was touching Brady. It's like you do understand he's still gonna play this year, right? And if yeah. if federal court works the way it's supposed to in this country, he's gonna play 16 games. In my opinion, that's my boy. But trade bait, dude. I mean, that's a good point too. Um, but yeah, I got Brady and Rogers on my team. I my team name is the London Silly Nannies. A throwback to the Family Guy episode with Tom Brady. You might remember yeah, that yeah, episode. Yeah. But um, going back to the wrestling one more time, I would just like to say flat out right now that I am most excited for the Bailey-Sasha Banks match. In one piece. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let's see, let's see what he's, Triple H is saying. I will deal with Stardust. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's a good line. Okay, so revising. The only things I'm excited for that weekend are Bailey and Sasha Banks and the Red and Green Arrow match. Yes, sign me up. And I'm also going to be excited to hear what Two Chains gets for his fantasy football roster. Hold on, I got I got something to add to this. I am not going to be responsible for your funeral. Triple H is so good. Hold on, hold on. He really is doing a good job of hyping this. Maybe they'll shoot Barrett with a legit arrow in the face and take him out of the match early. What if they allow Neville to really do come out to um, an alternate uh, superhero costume? He's going to come out in the green arrow, so WB obviously is on board with that. They sh- if, if, yeah. If, the, if, the Neville, if Neville comes out with some type of variant of his, his costume in purple, that would be awesome. With like a mask? I think that would be such a cool marketing thing for kids too. I think they would be uh, wise to do that. I agree with you completely. So so one thing about comic books is as much as they like to make money on their movies and stuff, their toys is their go-to thing. Yeah. So for them to be able to make toys off of this, it's going to be big. Yeah, agreed. Um, the, yeah, the nerd is leaking all out of me right now. I, that is what, <laughs> that's what I'm excited for. Besides, I, I do not know who go, uh, Stardust Partner is. I have no idea who that person is. No, it's Barrett. They said <laughs> it. It's no, Barrett. I, I don't know who that is. Oh, you know, um, I understand. 
uh, it doesn't exist in this this comic book. He was. He's this guy that won King of the Ring, which was this tournament that used to mean something at one point in <laughs> professional wrestling, um, and no longer does. Um, here, can you mute Raw here, and we'll we'll put a bow on this thing real quick. Um, yes, sir. Final, uh, give me a. You know, we so tonight we talked about the uh, the whole weekend coming up in Brooklyn soon, the NXT show, SummerSlam, as well as where the divas, um, the new divas are going here in this divas revolution. So. Let's put a bow on this. What's what's a final takeaway that you want to give the listeners before we wrap up on any of those topics? Let's start with you, Doctor M. Uh, final takeaway. Honestly, I'm actually, I'm more optimistic than anything about where WWE is going right now. Am I thrilled about everything? Of course not. But again, compared to where the deepest division was several months ago, uh, I, I really don't feel like I can complain too much right now. Plus, you know, we have the continued progression of uh, Kevin Owens, of Cesaro. Uh, The world title picture is a little messy at the moment, Uh, but Rollins is still on top. He's still kind of being established as a star. We have Brock. I mean, there's... And NXT is still going strong, so I'm more optimistic than anything right now. Okay. Two James? I think... For the fans that are still not NXT fans, um, you're definitely going to see this weekend why NXT has more talent and is more excitement to a core wrestler fan than the main roster in WWE. WWE is being branded as an entertainment pay-per-view in this uh, instance. And this NXT TakeOver uh, Brooklyn is going to bring the real heat. I think that um, looking at the two cards compared, you obviously you're going to see the bigger names on um, SummerSlam, but you're going to see bigger, better matches on NXT. Yeah, I can I can feel that. There's definitely going to be a lot of good work happening in Brooklyn at the Takeover Show, and you know, kudos to WWE for where they've gotten this NXT brand to the point where they can sell out the exact same building that they're running SummerSlam in. Like that's that's not something you necessarily could have predicted a year ago. So kudos to them. Um, I'm definitely kind of playing up my pessimism more just to make the podcast entertaining, but I'm definitely concerned that they could have done some things better, but there's still time to kind of piece things together, especially this world title situation as we see Randy Orton coming out to the ring here in the main event of Raw as we record this. So we'll see where they go with it. I think... I guess maybe the reason I'm more pessimistic about it is that they're asking me for six hours of uh, viewership that weekend, and there's a lot of things that they haven't quite sold me on yet. And they still have the end of Raw tonight and another, you know, two weeks ish of programming. So we'll come back and you know, obviously revisit this when we do our preview show for both of these um, big pay per view WWE Network events coming up uh, next week. But um. I think that's going to wrap up episode 32. We apologize for not getting a weekend episode out. We were just, you know, we're people. We're busy sometimes. It is what it is. So um, for Two Chains, for Dr. M, this is Aaron, and we'll catch you guys very soon on our next episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Check us out on WrestlingOpinion.com. Until next time, we'll catch you guys later. This has been another production of the Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BGB Group or on Facebook, facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. Email us at biggoldbeltgroup at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.